True, true. <laughs> All right. Good input. Johnny, I feel like we were just here doing this. <laughs> we just did one yesterday. We just did one yesterday. Mm-hmm. Talked about, we talked about friendship. What's the most important thing to you in friendship? What's the most important thing in a friend? I'm asking you. You. You can talk. I mean, this is like our just warm up. Get ready. Um, loyalty. <laughs> loyalty. Everybody says that. Everybody says loyalty. Um. So yeah, it's a it's a Monday night. We're recording two in a row. So I guess that class worked because I'm you you you're hyped. You, you're up. pumped right now. I am. I am. <laughs> you are pumped. Um, it is my last Monday to be forty-seven. Oh yes, yes. You guys doing anything Wednesday or what? Um, probably Wednesday will be low key, but mm-hmm. um, I think we would like to have everybody over for dinner on Saturday oh, for okay. Joe and I together. I've planned right. a menu, but I haven't invited anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds very me. Thinking yeah. about food. Yeah. Thinking about the food first. I, Mom and I spent the day together today. I took the day off to take oh, her you, oh, you took the whole. I didn't know you took the whole day off. I did. I took the whole day off. And we went up to St. John's Town Center. She wanted to take a walk through Nordstrom. Oh, boy. Yes, yeah. I, I never walked through Nordstrom. Well, we, no? It's not your scene? <laughs> no. It's not. No. It's, it's, it's maybe my scene. My wallet just can't go there. Right. Yeah. So we don't go there to shop. We go there to walk through and see what we're looking for at Marshall's next year. <laughs> Mom probably, you know, shops there from time to time. But really, we just kind of went to look and <laughs> what's going to be at Ross? fancy stuff and see what, yeah, what we're going to catch at Ross in a couple years. <laughs> it was fun, but they have a restaurant upstairs, so we had lunch up there in the department store. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, that's, that's that's some rich people stuff right there. <laughs> I haven't been in a department store in a long time, but we did. We looked around at everything and laughed at some two hundred dollar pajamas. <sighs> then we sat and had lunch. But before, you know, I stopped, I went to my mom's house to pick her up, and I went. Um, and sat down and chatted with her for a minute, and she had a, a ring on her pinky finger. She wears rings on several of her fingers, but she had one that she doesn't usually wear on her pinky finger, this cocktail ring. It belonged to her aunt. Mm. Um, actually, so did a chest in my house belong to her aunt, and when her aunt passed away, Aunt Ruby, she left mom these two things and said that they were to go from my mom to her daughter to if I ever had a daughter. Nice. Down the, down the line. And this ring my mom had on her pinky, I wore it on my wedding day. Mm. You know, I know it'll be mine sometime. And she had it. And, and again, she's wearing it on her pinky, which was, and she was talking about having it sized. And so I thought maybe it didn't fit her ring finger anymore. Mm-hmm. So we stopped first at the jewelry store to have it sized. But she had my finger sized. So that. She gave you the ring? She's giving me the ring. Oh. So naturally I had to blubber in the store. Like even my, <laughs> even my Celexa couldn't, was no match. <laughs> For, for the ring I uh hi um I did I had to cry in the jewelry store a little oh bit. my goodness yeah. so she surprised you she sure did she sure did so it's my birthday surprise from my mom nice you get a lot of good birthday got some bourbon nice. when I was at no, that was anniversary. Was anniversary oh man you got another one Joe got another one coming mm-hmm. yeah and then him the tough, following week t- we're t- tough, tough month I tell you, September breaks us, man. Yeah, I hear Anniversaries, you. birthdays, birthdays, birthdays. Football season starts. Yeah. And we're always like, let's have everybody over. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta start, you gotta start, do, you know, having people bring shit. <laughs> we should have more potlucks. <laughs> yeah, <guess>. for real. Because <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they be cooking. Yeah. They be man, ZD and. Yeah. Well, I have, I have good things planned for, for Saturday. The game is later this week. It's a three thirty game, I think. And I have an, another funeral to go to in the morning. Do you? The, my board members. Oh, damn. Yeah, so 
So we'll do that. What about you? You watched some 9-11 I did. You know, I, I try to avoid those things because I was there. Mm-hmm. You know, not there in, you know, in the towers or anything like that, but I was in the city. I was in Rockefeller Center. And my dad, like, saw people jumping out the window. So, like, I have a lot of memories of that day that are, that are kind of sad, like, mm-hmm. um, and frantic. Like, my grandmother calling me because my mom used to work in the World Trade Center. But she had left her job. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother didn't know. My grandmother lives down here, my dad's mm-hmm. mom. And she called me like, is your mom okay? And then I was like, nah, she's home. Then I called my dad and he was like crying. I was like, what are you crying about? Like, he worked on Worth Street. But if you, if you know anything about New York, if you're downtown and one of those scrapers, you can, you can see. Mm-hmm. So he saw, you know, he saw people jumping out of the building. So I try to avoid those things because it was a sad, sad day. Mm-hmm. And then if you had to go to work after that, as we all did, like you smelt the leftover fire and like you just know you know you know what it was right so but today i came across something on hulu it was a national geographic documentary i think it was like i forget was 9 11 the day something or other and it had stories of survival which was good so i like i like that a lot better so i did that while i worked today with my man put my foot up you did put your foot up yeah oh yeah i got it up all the time Still have to have it up so it doesn't swell. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so yeah, nine eleven, tough day. But that was a good. I recommend that documentary, National mm-hmm. Geographic. It's on Hulu now. Wow, yeah, I watch a lot of them. Yeah, that one's good. That's a good. One. good. Yeah, I choked up a couple times. Yeah, to check it out. Um, so Monday night, mm-hmm. I set the scene. Like I used to with the dim lights and a candle because we have a guest in the dining yeah. room studio today. Um, they are your firstborn. Yes. And we've kind of talked for a while about wanting them to come talk with us about some things. Yeah. Um, now, I don't want to make you feel like you have to educate me like I'm a preschooler. I'm sure I'm going to make some mistakes and say some stupid shit. You can feel free to straighten me out, but I'm... <laughs> I'm going to do my best. Mm-hmm. Tierra Hampton, you are the firstborn child of Johnny Hampton. Yeah. And we are excited to have you in the studio. We're going to talk about some topics and issues dealing with the gender identity. You got to share the mic so she can say hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it might be easier if you guys unhook it and unwind it, and then you can hand it back and forth. I can do the same here. If I need to at some point, but yeah, there's a lot of cord on that one, but that's probably enough. You guys can hand it back and forth like that, right? All right, Tiara, welcome. Hello, how are you? I'm well, how are you? Good. So you um, live here in Palm Coast now. Yes, I You live with your grandmother. Um, You went away to college for a little while and came back. Yeah, I wanted to be closer to my family. And And now you want to turn around and go back? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I miss no. it, but no, not really. Yeah. So what made you decide you wanted to come closer to family? Um, I would say my f- family's getting older. My dad. Um, sorry, dad. <laughs> um, my grandmother, my great grandparents. Yeah. Are and you've lost somebody very close to you recently. Yeah, my grandpa. Have I, your grandpa. So it probably did make you want to feel more connected to those. Here. Yeah. When you're by yourself, you kind of get lonely out there. So. Mm-hmm. And so, are you working? Not right now, no. Yeah, just getting your life together? Trying to. <laughs> that's, a, that's a topic all on its own. Yeah. Yeah. What do you want to do? I have no idea. 
Now see that people say, oh, you're young. You've got the, all the choices right at your fingertips, but that's not necessarily easy, is it? No, because there's so, there's so many things out there that I don't know if I like it or not. And what if I like it, but then I don't like it. So I wasted time like working towards it. Mm -hmm. It's just a lot of possibilities. Mm -hmm. So is your plan to work for a little while and then see if education follows? I hope so. School's hard. I don't Mm -hmm. like it. But I heard you were this rock star student. I was. I don't know what happened. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Even in college when you're semi studying things that interest you. I feel like I liked it. I like learning new things like knowledge is power. So like I definitely did like the college experience, but college is just, it's just stressful. Mm -hmm. Like having to like say working full time and then having school full time. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot on your plate. Um, You're here to talk to us about gender identity. Tell me a little bit about the genesis of this topic with you. Like, why are we talking about gender identity with you? Um, I feel like maybe it'll reach an audience that wants to hear it or needs to hear it. Mm-hmm. But why um, you specifically? Why oh, is this? I'm trans non-binary. Um, okay, my I'm going to write that down. Okay. Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to freak you out if I'm writing. I just want to make sure that I say the right things as we go on. You're trans non-binary. Yes. Tell me what that means. So I don't agree with the gender I was assigned to at birth, but... I am what is referred to as like you could say gender queer, gender fluid. Mm-hmm. So I'm either both genders or none at all, and that depends on the person or how you feel. Mm-hmm. And how? I mean, this is a whole vocabulary you get to try to help figure this out and identify yourself. How? I mean, is this something that you've questioned since you were like from birth, or was there a point in your life where you felt like? something didn't feel right or tell me about that I felt like kind of in elementary school probably like towards the end um I felt like a lot of the girls were more girly than I was and I wasn't really I didn't fit in with the boys they always made fun of me um I feel like I wanted to dress a certain way but like I couldn't really express it because I was a little too scared to do that Mm -hmm. um but I think probably in high school I started thinking about it and I was like do I want to be, oh, <laughs> do I want to be, I don't know, a man? Do I want to be a woman? Like, what is gender? Mm-hmm. That's kind of when I started questioning it. But, like, Did I started. Did you question your, your sexual orientation? Yeah, that too. I feel like that one was probably more important to me at the time. So I didn't really, I kind of put the other one on the back burner, mm-hmm. kind of just so that I didn't have to deal with it mm-hmm. in a way. But when I went to college, like that's when I started learning more about it. And how how did you learn more about it? Did you pick up a book? Did you meet a person? Um, I would say I had a group of gay friends. Mm-hmm. So I had um, they were like tr- I had trans um, friends, uh, and also there is a class I took. It was I think it was culture and diversity, mm-hmm. and we started learning more about like gay people and transgender people, and you know just different races and things that I've never like experienced myself just because I live in a small, I lived in a small town my whole life. So mm-hmm. things started making sense to you. Yeah. Do you remember like a particular light bulb that went off that you're like, Oh, I see myself in that. Um, I don't know. I would have to think about that one. Yeah. So 
you're how old are you 23 and what are your pronouns i okay so this one's complicated i say she he and they i prefer they them though Mm -hmm. and the only reason i really use she is because most people are comfortable with that so i don't really like she but i'll i'll let people use it anyways yeah so new people or people who have known you people who have known me because it's harder for them to really grasp it is it hard for them to grasp it or is it hard for them to get into a new habit like I have to say, I'm I'm working to make sure that I am respectful of your pronouns because, and, and I've only known your family a few years, and you were Johnny's daughter. Yeah. You know? And so I wouldn't want to disrespect you, but I could very possibly call you she just because I'm still working on relearning. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it, do you think that those people that have known you forever are, that it's that they're more comfortable with it or that they're trying to break an old habit and learn a new one i don't know i feel like people are stuck in their ways sometimes yeah so it's hard to like and learn a new habit Mm -hmm. but some of them are trying yeah i guess that's important or some of them not uh (laughs) i don't think i've shared it with enough people so okay yeah what stops you judgment Mm mm-hmm got to be exhausting to kind of explaining yourself over and over again yeah because usually people don't understand and then it's like you have to educate them even though you don't really want to just for them to be able to use your correct pronouns Mm -hmm. and it seems like something that should be pretty simple do you feel like the younger people in our family understand more than the older people yes i do yeah do you think, I mean, why? why? Because they're just, they hold less um, judgment f- or are they, is it because we're talking about it more? Or it's I feel like we're talking about it a lot more. I feel like it was always there. Mm-hmm. Like people knew about trans people, of course, but it wasn't something that people wanted to talk about. And now like, since there's more people wanting to transition, there's more people who want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And there has to be a different level, comfort level talking about it now because I don't necessarily think we have many, many more trans people. We just have many, many more people living it, like being it out loud. Yeah, I asked that question because the other day, Tiara posted something on Facebook and it was a picture. I loved it, actually. It was a picture where uh, Tiara had on, like, it looked like a men's dress shirt and dress pants. And then the other picture was like a woman's tank top mm-hmm. and jeans. And you know, Tiara was, you know, very confident, you know, hey, this is me. I'm out here in these streets. And I know, like, I didn't see a lot of the older family members that Tiara is friends with um, comment on it. But a lot of her younger, a lot of Tiara's younger cousins would. And they would say, oh, you snapped. <laughs> Look at you going back and forth. Yeah, I definitely posted that to make a statement for myself. Um, I felt really comfortable in that first picture with the long sleeve red um, shirt on Mm -hmm. with slacks. It just felt nice. Mm -hmm. I feel like I want to dress like that more. But it's funny because when I remember when you sent me the text and you were like, oh, these are going to be my pronouns. We talked about a little bit over text. And I always say, like, when, when you find stuff out, you didn't look back and say, you know, 
I missed this. What were the signs, right? Mm-hmm. And one of those, you know, when Tiara was young, Tiara would wear dresses and stuff like that. But as they got older and got to choose their stuff, it was sweatshirts, hoodies, uh, you know, Adidas and uh, those other kind of sneakers, which weren't necessarily manly things, but they were kind of like what you would call, yeah, I would call them gender fluid, that a man or a woman mm-hmm. could wear them. And so when you look back, and so when Tiara sent me that text, I was like, oh, that makes sense to me. But it is difficult, you know, when you were asking like, hey, you know, these pronouns, we had that conversation once uh, with her and her partner. We were, with Tiara and her partner, she she does the her thing for me. Because it's, <laughs> it's, it's so, like, a, and Tiara knows that I try. I do give the effort, right? Like, so we were at breakfast once and we were just having a conversation about how hard it is for me because Tiara got mad at me because I think I called, I said, oh, you're my baby girl. And Tiara was pissed. I was like, you know, hey, 20-something years, you've been my baby girl. So it's kind of, I can't just do it in six months. Mm-hmm. And then we talked about, you know, the respect thing. And I, and I think there are some people who don't want to learn. And that's when you don't want to learn, that comes across. Do you feel like that comes across as disrespectful when they don't want to learn what you're trying to educate them? This is how I feel. This is how I want to live. Can you get there? I just don't know how to distinguish the people who like who don't want to learn versus people who just don't understand. So like I just assume everybody is kind of on the same page where they don't really want to deal with it. So it's hard to just talk about it. Yeah, I can imagine. So what what is like the first thing you want somebody to understand when you approach them and say, hey, this is this is me. This is who I am. Where does that conversation start? I have to be comfortable with them. Um, I remember actually a job of mine, like it was probably the first job I had that asked me about my pronouns. And I was kind of like, it felt good that they mm-hmm. actually cared about that type of stuff. Um, and they said they're going to send it in like a flyer to all like the new, mm-hmm. I mean, all the old um, representatives mm-hmm. so that they would know. Um, I feel like that was probably the most respectful thing that I could have gotten out of that. Um, But when, I don't know. So uh, pronouns are are a good place to start. Mm -hmm. They're a good good way to start building a bridge. Tiara and I had, we have a much different relationship than I have with my son. We talk about a lot of different things. And, but for some reason, the topic of her sexuality and her gender identity is one thing she has trouble talking to me about. And I, I never quite understood that, to be honest with well, you. Listen, I don't want to talk about my sexuality with my mom and dad. I mean, <laughs> but we <laughs> talked about everything else, though. I know, I mean, I, I understand where you're coming from, but like, even when Tiara was finding her sexuality, like, I was one of the first people to, to tell Tiara, you, you're gay. Yes, and you got so mad. You better hand over that microphone. (laughs) He asked me one day, we were in the car. He was like, so do you like girls more or do you like boys more? And I was like, well, I like them equal, which now is true because I am pansexual. Okay. What does that mean? Tell me what that means. Um, I like everybody under the sun. It doesn't really matter the uh, 
sex. Um, they could be trans. They could be binary. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I generally don't like cis people. Okay, tell me what that is. Generally cis males. Um, cisgender is just you know, you're like normal the normal social construct of gender stereo like the yeah the like stereotype me. for it yes <laughs> <laughs> but me. you like me right yes, I, do. <laughs> I once tiara said well, well she, tiara first started out as i'm bisexual that i was i never i just never thought that to be true i thought like when Tiara says I don't like cis males, I saw that from that point on. And Tiara used to be so mad at me. I should be like, yo, when you gonna when you just gonna tell me <laughs> that you don't like males? That's that's what I used to say to her. And she used to get so Tiara used to get so pissed in the car. But cisgendered males, mm-hmm. there's okay. a difference. Yes, there's, yes, yeah. Exactly and it's got to be hard for somebody to tell you who you are when you're trying to figure out who you are. Yeah, I would say so, too, because you don't really know. You're just like, I don't know. Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. Mm-hmm. And there's no manual. Yeah, definitely not. I wish I had one. Maybe you should write one. <laughs> you could. But then I got a text one day when Tiara was at college. Oh, Dad, you were right. I don't like boys like that. Do you remember that text? Yes. <laughs> I remember the text. So you have a circle of friends. Uh, I don't know if it's a full circle. Uh, it doesn't have to be a f- 97 person circle, but do you have people? Yeah. And uh, they have your back? Yes. So I know in my life growing up, a lot of what I learned about my own identity, I kind of worked out with my friends. You know, you meet people who are different than you or who have different experiences than you and you mm-hmm. all kind of... I don't know, rub up against each other and learn from each other and, and whatever. So you went to college and you made this group of friends? Yes. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that experience. Um, well, there's a lot of partying, of course, because it's college. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say the dynamics of the friends, it was like there were lesbians, there were some gay guys, um, there was like one trans woman in the group. Uh, I feel like I learned a lot about other like gay people by being with them just because there weren't a lot of gay people in Palm Coast. Um, I mean, there were a lot of gay girls, but like not gay guys or trans people at all yeah. that I knew of. Um, so that so was, was kind of your first experience yeah. really being with people who are living it. Mm-hmm. Are they so... So you meet them and kind of start discovering yourself and figuring some some things out, right? Um, is this is sort of figure like? Do you feel like you're figured out, or do you feel like you're still? Um, I still like I f- still feel like I'm not figured out. Yeah. There's some things I f- feel like I want to explore, but I'm like scared. What's scary? Um, testosterone. Mm-hmm. That's scary. I thought about that yeah Mm -hmm. do you think that I mean does that lead to transition or does that just lead to some characteristics that you're interested in um I would consider a transition but just transitioning to 
what I want to be, not like to mm-hmm. a man or anything, because I'm yeah. not just because I'm non-binary. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's some things about myself that I would like to be different. That like my voice, it gives me away, mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, my face is really feminine. And like it's cute, but like <laughs> yeah, you're cute. It could be chiseled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it. You want to look on the outside the way you feel on the inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I bet that is a scary thought. Yeah, because it's it's not like it's irreversible, but it's just a lot to invest in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, emotionally, um, monetarily. Mm-hmm. So emotionally, yes. Have you had any type of therapy or anything to help you through this? Or has it been? I haven't talked about it in therapy, actually. No. Um, no. Why not? I hate talking about myself. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Isn't that what you do in therapy? Yes. <laughs> um, it's, I feel like I talk about being gay, but like being, it's just something like tra- being trans. It's like I haven't figured it completely out. So I just don't. I don't know. I just want to talk about it sometimes with your therapist, with my therapist, okay. with you guys. It's fine. I was going to say, cause you're here talking about it. Yeah. Is this torturous for you? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Well, and maybe, you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what your therapist is like or if they specialize or have any information in this subject area that could enlighten you. I feel like they probably would, but you're just not ready to delve. After I figure out some other things, I'll probably dig into that. Yeah. Yeah. What's the hardest thing when you get out of bed in the morning and start to face your day? Like what's. Um, I feel like my psyche bothers me a lot. Like I'm usually very depressed person. So that's probably. Do you think that it's all connected? Um, I believe so. Like maybe. If, you know, your dissatisfaction with fully understanding. Yeah, I have, like, a lot of gender dysphoria and, like, body dysmorphia. So, like, that definitely affects me. Can you talk to me about that a little? Yeah, um, gender dysphoria kind of, you just don't feel good in, like, the body that you have or, like, how you're being expressed Mm -hmm. or how you're being perceived. Mm -hmm. Um, And then body dysmorphia just really has to do with, like, your insecurities with yourself mm-hmm. so i see you post up pictures at the gym yes so uh how does that fit into it i mean i feel like when you get when you go to the gym you start like picking at yourself more because you notice different things about yourself when you're at the gym mm-hmm. even though it's like it's a it's a positive experience i love going to the gym um but like it just it's just one of those things that comes with it yeah is it like it seems like the the exercise and the endorphins would be uplifting, but then maybe the analysis of what you look like might be. It's probably just overthinking <laughs> for the most part, but the, the endorphins kick in. They do. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, my son is in a, in a zone right now where he works out every day. And if he doesn't for a couple of days, I can tell in his mood, mm. you know, because I think that probably helps it doesn't solve every problem but moving your body some yeah kind of does help move some emotions through mm-hmm. do you want to be a parent um sometimes I think I do and sometimes I think I don't I say that because 
this world is crazy. Nah, yeah. It is. But sometimes I think about getting older and having kids. Yeah, I mean, I guess you are pretty young. It's probably an unfair. You got time. <laughs> <laughs> you got time. I mean, pregnancy is it can be a probably a mind fuck, and uh, if being ultimately responsible for another human life. Yes, and. What will I look like when I'm pregnant? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm sure. Like, I think that was a little bit that my friend was, was dealing with. Like, it's just not something that I don't think she ever envisioned for herself. But she was in this amazing relationship and her partner couldn't have the baby. And so she did it. And she, for that, you know, she she dealt with a lot. Like, imagine me with a beard and, like, mm-hmm. pregnant. Like, mm-hmm. you just, I feel like there's a lot of things to think about. Like, what if what would my family think? I don't mm-hmm. know. I think about that a lot. You need to uh, stop worrying about what other people think all the time. That's my advice. As part of your family. <laughs> you gotta just be you. But that's you, what this whole conversation was about. Yeah, just you, figuring that yeah, out. Yeah, like you, in, in that thought process, uh, it's gonna, when you decide who you're gonna be, and when you decide who you're gonna be, there's people who are gonna fall off. And those people could be blood relatives. They could be friends. And those people just got to get going. And you just got to be what you're going to be. But I wanted to ask you you two because, you know, we're talking about kids. You could always adopt. I actually wanted to do something different. So, like, there's – I've done a little bit of research, but there's, like, a procedure where you can take, like, one person's embryo and the other person's or just take theirs and then have a sperm donor and then have – I could like carry theirs or they could carry mine. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of different ways to yeah. make a family anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So down the road. Yeah. Down the road. What, um, what is something that, Im- you know, that you want our listeners who might have tuned in not really knowing anything? What is something you want them when we when they turn this off and go on about their day to carry with them something that um, they don't already know about someone like you. They should know that trans people are just regular people trying to figure out life the same way as everybody else. Why and do you think people are so scared of trans people? I feel like people are scared because they don't want to figure their own stuff out. Like maybe they're, gender identity isn't what they want um or they're just fearful of the unknown Mm -hmm. and it's easier to just be like you're a freak than to actually sit down and go let me try to figure let me empathize and try to figure out stuff from your point of view your dad always says we're not an empathetic people yeah and one thing I, i used to always say it's easier to do the wrong thing than it is to do the right thing so it's much easier to just tell somebody you're weird mm-hmm. than to actually do the research. And I think people are scared of what they don't understand. You know, so like an older person who when when they were young, gay people were forced to be in the closet and they had to go to underground clubs and couldn't walk the street. They don't understand it. And they don't, they're not trying to understand it. You know, I'm 70-something years old. What do I need to learn something new for? Well, 
the world evolves and you got to evolve with it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, then you lose connections to your loved ones and all that kind of stuff. So you guys got to be connected and try to learn as much as you can and understand as much as you can. So shifting gears a little bit, are you an activist? I wouldn't call myself an activist, I don't think. No? Do you march? Do you protest? Do you... I guess I have been to protest, yes. How, how, I mean, do you... How do you impact your community? I I think about this all the time. I feel like I'm impacting my community by living every day. Yeah. I've said before on on the podcast that I have a friend, Christine, who used to say that everybody is invited to the revolution. You need people who are walking on the front line, you know, and you need people who are trying to write the laws and you need the people who can write the checks and you need the people who can send the mailers and you need the people like there's room for everybody in the, in the revolution. And, uh, so yeah, that's your role right now is living it, figuring it out. Exactly. Yeah. That's big. I mean, you need that. Especially in the black community, you need it because oh that's i guess something we didn't really touch on Yeah, we're not even you know because it's much harder for a black woman or a black man to do this to do anything yeah based on especially just in our community based on our history of homophobia and transphobia and all that kind of stuff where like i told you i mean we didn't even understand you know the f word was bad when we were coming up we didn't we didn't we didn't didn't understand that yeah Mm -hmm. we didn't understand that like you know, we heard it all the time and we just thought it was just a regular word that meant something else. We didn't think of the impact. So being a young black person and coming to terms with this when older black relatives raised in the South don't know what the heck you're talking about, it's tough. Do you think you're brave? I want to say no. Um, But I, I guess in some ways, yes. Do you think you're strong? Yes. I get that. Um, and I know your parents. Um, this podcast isn't only called Strongly Worded because of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you could have been born into any family. You feel like you were born into this one because they could help that growth and help your coming out with some acceptance? Um, I feel accepted, but it's just like, nobody i guess most of the older people in my family they'll ask me like how's your friend or like things like that and it's like are they actually acknowledging it or like brushing it off i don't know mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's an old southern thing like that like, that's what like that that's an that's an old southern thing like they don't want it to me it, is it possible that they they don't know what to call your partner or your friend maybe yeah but I guess it goes full circle into the learning thing. Like, are they willing to understand? And are you willing to teach and give them a little grace? It's hard with the grace, <laughs> but I guess I should. It probably has to go both ways a little bit while you, in, at least in the beginning. I agree. So let me ask you. So when you, when you first were coming out, you were nervous to tell me. Yeah. Why? Because you're my dad, and I don't want you to see me any differently. Even though you say you have unconditional love for me, it's still like, what if? What if what? 
what if you didn't accept me? Or what if you're disappointed? Or what if you're, you referred to the Tierra of the past as your baby girl? Right. And so that can, being different than that image that she knows you had in your head, that can be um, tough to disrupt. To feel like, I mean, because sometimes I know that parents talk about even mourning the life that they envisioned their child having or, I don't know, mourning or grief is kind of a heavy word for it, but, you know, having to, and I, I would imagine too, things were going on in your head a lot longer than they were in his experience. So he had to catch up real quick. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think I can totally see, like even in, in the closest of relationships, when you introduce a big new topic, it can be intimidating. Yeah. So, I mean, I think as a parent, you might be right, but I think, Ultimately, for me, and I can only speak for myself, right? So it doesn't matter what you decide. I think me, me and you have serious, like the other day, we'll talk about this, you know, the other day, Tiara said to me, I don't know if you like me very much. And I said, and I said, sometimes I don't like what you do, but I love you all the time. You know, I don't. But she didn't say she didn't think you didn't love her. Yeah, she I mean, said you thought. You didn't like her very much. Uh, listen. That's different, it, right? Yeah, but I She's think, nodding her head, folks. Yes, it's different. But I also think you know if I don't like you, you you know you, you know what that looks like. Right? I mean, you've you seen me not like people before. And so I say that to say you got a lot of decisions to make about your adult life coming up, whatever it's going to be. But you're always going to be my first, firstborn child, and I'm going to love you the same. That that doesn't change, right? Like so, that, that's why I told you that day. Those things don't change. Me and you don't change. You could change. I could change. I'm gonna get older. You're gonna do whatever you're gonna do because that's your journey. I got. I got. The only thing I ever want you to be is happy. That's me. I'm your dad. So, other people, you gotta discuss those things with them. But your parents just want you to be happy. They want you to be happy. They want you to be responsible. Like. We, I could tell you, me and your mom don't ever talk about gender. <laughs> we don't ever talk about that at maybe, all. Maybe you should. No, I mean, in terms of how that factors into us loving her, or loving Tiara, or being disappointed, none of, that, none of that stuff. We just want you to be happy, safe, responsible. We'll deal with the rest of it. <laughs> I don't say that. Love you. Is there something that you wish your mom and dad did talk about amongst themselves when it comes to these things we're talking about today? Do you wish that it was a topic that they talked about with each other? Um, I feel like maybe talk to mommy about it more. Mm. And yeah, well, maybe I will. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to say about that. Maybe I will. I mean, I think. I I always assume she just she understands it and gets to the point because we we're from New York City, like we've we've seen that, yeah, like so I know we haven't seen it in our kid, but it's like when Tiara told me all this stuff, I was like I can't but be- I was shocked, I didn't think about being her I didn't think about being a dad, I just thought about my personality my moral compass the things we've talked about over the years, and I was shocked that Tiara would be nervous about telling me. 
I didn't think about, oh, you're my dad. I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was upset. I mean, other people in the school knew before me. <laughs> but that, I think that makes uh, that's sense normal. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it's normal. But at the time, when you find out, you're like, damn. Mm-hmm. And you wonder, like, have I fostered a relationship where you, you felt like you couldn't come to me? But, you know, when you say, oh, I don't want to talk to my dad about that stuff, I guess it makes sense. I guess. You're my best friend, but sometimes there's, it's just because you're a parent. If you were, like, my best friend and, like, not my parent, then I probably would have told you, like, a while There's probably a lot of things that you guys could talk about, but are different under that that veil of father-child. Yeah. You know? I mean, because, like I said, I'm like just a boring old white straight person and I don't want to talk about <laughs> about anything sexual with my mom. I just don't, you know? So I can imagine that can be challenging and it makes you vulnerable to open up to do that and want to be understood by the people who love you the most. I feel like one day I'll have like a good sit down talk, but until then. Yeah. <laughs> well, we just did that hopefully for the last 48 minutes. Yeah, that's another thing like, you know, Tiara, I don't think we, from her, from Tiara coming out to, her, you know, going to college and getting all this exposure to different things, Tiara's never come to us and sat down and said, hey, this is how I feel about myself. Mental health. Mm. Talk, let's talk for a minute, if if you want to, about how your mental health figures into all of this. Um, do you see those as separate? No, they're, are they, they, compart- they, it's an intersection. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of people who are gay or trans have like a lot of mental health problems that they either can't afford to deal with or just don't want to deal with. Um, I feel like my mental health definitely has played a part in just like feeling insecure in myself, not knowing what I really wanted. And like, like my dad always tells me you shouldn't worry about what people think. I have anxiety, so I'm going to worry about what people think all the time. Yeah, and it's not something like, don't worry about it, doesn't work. I have it too. I've been treated for anxiety most of my adult life, Mm -hmm. and I get it. Yeah. And and if you don't, count yourself lucky. Um, That probably intensifies a lot of things that you're going through. Do you have a diagnosis and and a treatment plan? Like, are you... Yes, I do. Yeah. And so... That's just another thing you've got to keep up with on your hustle, right? Yeah, and it's hard to keep, like, I guess the motivation to, like, keep working on yourself, even though you have to, like, it's hard to keep up with. What makes that part so challenging? I guess it's like when you're, it's like a physical sickness, like, when you feel better, you feel better. Like, there's Mm -hmm. no other possibility. But if you feel better while you're having mental health problems, you might not always actually feel better it might just be a placebo effect mm-hmm. or something like that those are some of the conversations that we have a lot when it comes to tiara's mental health just keep on keeping on and if you get to a good spot it doesn't mean you're in a good spot it's unfortunate because it's not fair right like and I, you know it's not fair and i and i i tell i tell tiara all the time i don't understand it i'm not a doctor i'm not a therapist I can't, there's nothing I can do outside of be there for you and, and try to give you some good advice. I can't walk you through it. Like it, that is a, it's a lonely journey mm-hmm. because no one can help you. You can go to somebody, my knee's hurting. I can go to somebody and say, hey, put some, 
you know, mm-hmm. Epsom salt on it. You're like, thanks. But someone who's going through anxiety, even talking to someone else who has it, they experience it totally different. So it's a journey. In, as a parent, sometimes you feel helpless. Like, I feel like that sometimes. Like, I, I wish I could help, but I can't. And a lot of the conversations we have is just like, you got to have this treatment plan. You got to follow it. You got to take the medicine. I'll help in any way that I can. And we got to see, once we do that for an extended period, how that impacts your life. Because I'm not, and I'll ask you, Tierra, I'm not sure you've done that yet. Do you feel like you've done that for extended periods of time? In some occasions, yes. And how long do you feel like it's worked out? I feel like I generally feel like the same, like I'm in the same spot. And it might just be because my brain is still changing. Like it doesn't stop until what, you're 25. Mm-hmm. So, so as we're kind of approaching the, the end of the conversation, what is something that you today at 23 wish you could have told yourself at 13. I don't really know because I, to be honest, I didn't think I was going to make it this far. So I wouldn't really know what to tell my old self. But what would you tell somebody else? That there's hope. You can find it in your friends and your family, coworkers, if you have good ones. Mm-hmm. Um, that there's it, hope. It doesn't get easier, but there's hope. Yeah. Well, I wish nothing but awesome things for you. And as you continue to evolve and, you know, figure out your life and work and all that kind of stuff, I, I know there's hope. I totally, I think you're going to rock out. It's going to be, you're going to get to a place where you you can be like, (sighs) I hope so. Yeah, I I think that's going to happen too. It's hard to to see that when you're in it though. Mm -hmm. And and that's also a lot of disconnect we have at times. I'm like, I'm like, because I call it, I call Tiara T-Bird. T-Bird, you can make it through. This is, you know, it's hard to tell someone anxiety, depression, gender identity. A lot of the stuff outside of that is normal stuff. You finding your way in your career, normal stuff. You going to college, being homesick, normal stuff. That's normal stuff. Normal but magnified. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the part that, that's the disconnect. Like, it is normal, Dad, but... For me, when I miss you, it's not simple as just pulling up an old photo. Like, I I need to see you. I need this hug. I need, it's that intense. So that it's taken me a while to get to that understanding. But you learn a lot from your kids, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I hope our listeners learned a lot from this episode because really I think we're all more alike than we are different. We like to draw these divisions and put up these walls, but really we're all just fucking people trying to make it to the next day, right? All right, Tira, thank you very much for being on the show today. Thank you. We liked having you, and uh, I enjoyed this conversation.
And maybe we'll have you back one day. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure we will. There'll be something. Something cool to come back and talk about. All right, folks. Uh, listening. Again, we thank you for your support of my Flagler United birthday fundraiser. Um, that's been really awesome uh, to have have you all take part in. You can find more out about the Strongly Worded Podcast by joining our Facebook group, the Strongly Worded Podcast group. Follow us on Instagram at the Strongly Worded Pod. I tweeted today, Johnny. I saw that. I sent a tweet. I did see that, yes. The Strongly Worded P. <laughs> you can Best. visit our website, thestronglywordedpod.com. You can click that merch button and order yourself a t-shirt. Yeah. An urban black man t-shirt if you are such. I'll get you one of those. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, thanks for... Thanks for being with us and thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. This strongly worded podcast is written and produced by Johnny Hampton and Sue O'Lear. Music production and vocals by Marshall Max Lamont Hamilton and cover art by Samantha Shakes.